I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at First, first listen. listen. This season... We're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge Podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. Well, you heard the man with the golden pipes. I'm Bernie Fratto. We're coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios where 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. So go to geico.com for a free rate quote. This is the weekend edition of Straight Out of Vegas. And, of course, I'm joined in studio by Steve Fezzik, the only two-time winner of the prestigious Hilton, now Westgate Super Contest. And you know, the future always has a way of arriving ahead of schedule. This is our final Saturday edition of Straight Out of Vegas for the calendar year 2019, and we go out with a bang. We've got all 16 NFL games from Week 17. They're all on tap to be played Sunday. All games played on Sunday. There were no Thursday games, no Saturday games, no Monday Night Football. We're going to analyze all 16 games tonight. Uh, for week 17, and give you best bets as well. And as they say in Duluth, Chris, it's going to be lit. This is Straight out of Vegas, the pregame show you always wanted. Fez, before we dive in, though, just a couple of quick bits of business. I'm not going to talk about this game because it's not played for 15 days. But LSU, for folks that are curious, they've opened up as a five-point favorite in New Orleans against Clemson. The game will be played two weeks from Monday, and I think you had some really good thoughts as to why that line is where it is. Yeah, and you look at that five-point spread just a week ago, we were debating which one of these two teams was the better team. How in the world is LSU now laying five? Well, here's why. Because LSU looked incredible. Burrow looked incredible against Oklahoma today, and Clemson looked vulnerable. 
that game was there for the taking for Ohio State, and it almost got ugly for Ohio State as well. So Clemson clearly in their most difficult game of the year looked super vulnerable and with LSU looking great. And look at the venue here in New Orleans. I know we're 15 days away, but you got to give LSU, I'm going to argue, two points for home field because the proximity to home and the fact that the crowd's probably going to be 75% plus for LSU as well. So big edge for LSU, and let's face it, these two teams, Clemson and Ohio State, they beat the living daylights out of each other. Burrow had to leave for a play. Both of the Clemson wide receivers had to leave. Really tough physical game. Two weeks to recover, but still, what a war. Well, so there you have it. The LSU Tigers laying five against Clemson. That will be a fun game two weeks from now, two weeks from Monday. So we've got ample time before we need to really address that. Before we dive into the 16-game slate tomorrow, I want to just talk about Arnie Spanier asked a great question earlier tonight when I was, you know, to do the weekly hit with him and Aaron Torres. You got to catch that show every Saturday night from 8 to 11 uh, Pacific. They do a great job. And uh, they talked about the Week 17 edge. Is there such an edge for any game or are so many of them such insignificant games, which many of them are? What, you know, what, what are your thoughts? Well, there is one trend that's that I've got to mention, and it has to do with totals. And so, since there are so many divisional games that are being played tomorrow, and many of them are outdoors. In the last 10 years, if you blindly bet unders, as long as the total is over 40, the game is being played outdoors, and it's a divisional game. For instance, Philadelphia at the New York Giants. The total was 46 a couple days ago, now down to 44.5. You could have won 59% in those games if you just played the under. $100 better would have won about $4,900 over time, so just something to keep an eye on. Again, divisional games, December, week 17, as long as they're outdoor and the total is over 40. For instance, Steelers-Ravens, that total is 38.5. Doesn't fall under that trend, even though the pros are on that under as well. So just something to keep an eye on. Okay, Tennessee at Houston, Fez. Tennessee minus six. This is a game that has implications. Simple enough. Tennessee wins. They clinch a playoff berth. With a win. Now, the Texans, they're already locked into the number four seed, pretty much. It's presumed they're going to rest everybody. Deshaun Watson has a bad back. However, he may start anyway. Part of the reason is, as you point out, they do have an opportunity to help their lot in life ever so slightly. But that's predicated on the Chiefs losing at home to the Chargers earlier in the day. So if the Chiefs beat the Chargers tomorrow morning, I say morning because we have 10 a.m. kickoffs on the West Coast. But in the earlier games, effectively, Houston is stuck in the four slot. You nailed it. So if Kansas City wins, this game is meaningless to Houston. So if you're going to make a wager on this game, I would advise you either one, go ahead and wait and see if Kansas City wins. And if that's the case, it sets up well for Tennessee or play a parlay Kansas City on the money line parlayed to Tennessee. Because as soon as Kansas City wins this game, I think the spread currently Tennessee minus six is going to jump up, up, up. Would not surprise me if all of a sudden Watson's back and Hopkins' illness don't suddenly worsen, despite what O'Brien said about playing his starters and playing to win. I think push comes to shove. If it's meaningless for Houston, those guys will sit, or they'll sit soon enough early in the game. All right, another in-state rival. You've got Cincinnati catching two and a half at home against the visiting Cleveland Browns. Now, since he lost... As a, Actually, they lost at the Dog Pound three weeks ago, Cincinnati did, at Cleveland. They lost 27-19 to 19 
uh, to the Browns despite outgaining them 451 yards to 333. Now, Cincinnati, this is kind of an interesting game tomorrow. They already clinched the number one pick. And if they don't take Joe Burrow, you're first in line for a frontal lobotomy. Okay, maybe Chase Young. What? I don't care. Take whoever the hell you want. But you got to believe they would kind of enjoy beating their in-state rival tomorrow. And they've already got the number one pick, so they can't screw screwed up even if they win, Fez. By the way, if not for nothing, the Bengals are 7-0 straight up and 6-1 against the spread in their last seven season-ending home games, and they're catching two and a half at home. Very interesting. You nailed it. The Bengals are playing hard, and you could make the case last week they shouldn't have played hard at Miami because they were still in, they were in jeopardy of losing that number one pick, but yet they played their hearts out, scored 16 points in the final 30 seconds to force overtime. If they're going to play yeah. that, they're going to play that hard in a game that they should be trying to lose. Now that they've locked up the number one seed, they should play hard against their hated rival in-state against Cleveland. I got to wonder. How much does Cleveland care about playing the Bengals versus playing the Ravens? So Cleveland's just going from playing the best team in the NFL to having to play the worst team. Motivation issues for Cleveland. I could only look Bengals. All right, another divisional game. The Chicago Bears visit Minnesota. Bears laying three and a half. There's been some Minnesota money come in because earlier in the week, the Vikings were catching what, Fez? As much as five, I think? Yeah, this actually this line's been all over the place, Bernie. So I've actually seen the money coming in on the Bears, and it's all about the Vikings talking about resting their starters, and now it appears that that is indeed what they're going to be doing. And I'll tell you this, um, just by resting their quarterback, going to Mannion's a six-point adjustment right off the bat, mm-hmm. I could only look towards the Bears in this game, and I think that uh, the Vikings, yes, that was such an ugly game against the Packers. It was a very ugly game. i got to believe Minnesota's got a very bad taste in their mouth is – the Packers completely stifled Minnesota's offense Monday night, allowing only 10 points, 139 yards of offense. Vikes only converted 26% of their third downs. Now, I like this team, and I like Mike Zimmer, and I, I've i got a soft spot in my heart for the Vikings. I'd like to see them go far in the playoffs, but their defense, their offense has really regressed. But be that as it may, this is not a game that has – for my money, much interest. Yeah, I'm going to pass this game. I will say this. Adam Thielen looks like a shell of himself this year, and having Boone, their third-string running back, having to tote the rock with Dalvin Cook injured. Got no interest in the Vikings, but the Bears look dead at home against Kansas City. I'll pass. Very good. All right. Here's a game that involves two losing teams, and one of them is getting six points at home. That would be the Jacksonville Jaguars. They are home hosting the visiting Indianapolis Colts, and they're catching six. As I just said, the Jags are catching six. Here's an interesting tidbit for you, Fez, as I'm an encyclopedia of useless information at times. Since 1981, when two losing teams face off against each other in Week 17, the home team, 83-46 and 46 straight up, 73-56 and 56 against the number. That means the Gardner Minshew show catching six at home might be where you look to face to uh to uh, place your bets. That is not useless information. That is useful information that can help us make some money. Yeah, and I think that Jacksonville makes a lot of sense. We're worried about Jacksonville, the locker room, and this whole collective bargaining agreement, and they're forcing players to come in, and they hated Coughlin, but they (laughs) fired Coughlin. And Coughlin always had the clocks turned forward five minutes. The clocks have been turned back, and by all reports, the locker room is happy again in Jacksonville. I'll say this about Indianapolis. Don't be fooled by their blowout win against Carolina. 
Carolina, not one, not two, but three touchdowns were set up with long punt returns last week. It's still a offense at Indy that is struggling. I would look to Jacksonville. All right, here's another game that you'll have to take your no-dose if you really want to watch it. Atlanta, Tampa Bay. The game is a pick em. The game's being played in Tampa Bay. One side note here, Fez. Jameis went, you know, in baseball, they have this thing 30-30, right? If you're a 30-30 guy, that's a good thing. But not so much in the NFL. In fact, there's never been a 30-30 quarterback. What do I mean by that? Never been a quarterback that's thrown 30 touchdowns and 30 interceptions in the same year. Now, Jameis Winston, a man who's known for crab legs and turnovers, has a chance to be the – he has a chance to make history tomorrow, Fez, because Jameis has 28 interceptions on the year, but he's already thrown 31 touchdown passes. So if Jameis can just throw two picks tomorrow in Tampa Bay, he'll be the – NFL's first ever 30-30 quarterback. Your you thoughts? know Winston's a good quarterback because the fact that he's thrown 28 interceptions and still has his job and may get a contract extension shows what a great potential that he has when he's not throwing these interceptions. I'll say this. Atlanta over the last seven games, they're 5-2 and two straight up. They're 5-2 and two against the spread. Their average cover margin by 11 points. Quinn was calling the plays for the defense. It was a disaster. He ceded the responsibilities to his assistant coaches, and since he's done that, uh, specifically with Morris now, being promoted to, to defensive coordinator, the Atlanta defense has been decent. I could only look to Atlanta playing as well as any team, not as well as any team, but certainly a top seven team in the NFL the last seven. No, that's interesting because the Bucks are home, and I'm thinking of firing on the Bucks half a unit. They're the most under the radar sub 500 team, maybe in the history of the universe. They've out yarded each of their last seven opponents. If this knucklehead Winston would stop turning the ball over, he turned it over four times last week. I mean, they might have been a playoff team. Be that as it may, it's interesting that you mentioned the only side you could look at would be. The Falcons, the only side I could look at would be the Bucks. Bold prediction. Both these teams make the playoffs next year. Well, no, you know what? You may well be right. And you got lots of bold predictions. We're going to get to Kansas City here. By the way, people must be listening because I've heard more and more people in the national media all of a sudden call Kansas City their dark horse to win the Super Bowl. You were calling for that three or four weeks ago. We've got actually some very important games to get to. We're going to talk about Philly and the New York Giants and Washington, Dallas. And how about those crazy Raiders that have a chance to win, to go to the playoffs? They only need you know, a handful of things to happen. It's not out of the realm of possibility. But we're going to tell you what all of those are. But first, uh, now, I want to remind you folks that Straight Out of Vegas is brought to you by Discover. You want to hear something amazing? Discover matches all the cash back you earn at the end of your first year automatically with no limit as to how much. They'll match. Millions of people a year are getting their cash back matched. Discover cash back match. What are you waiting for? Learn more at discover.com slash cashback match. He's Steve Fezzik. I'm Bernie Fratto. We're coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios, and this is the pregame show you always wanted. So don't go away. You're listening to Straight Out of Vegas. Straight out of Vegas! It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event, so give your friends something to look at, like a B&B with an ocean view, an endless field of wildflowers, or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit Kia.com to learn more. Kia, 
Movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always drive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Do you love Selena? Like, really love Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stan the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We are back on Straight Out of Vegas, the pregame show you always wanted. I'm Bernie Fratto coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. What does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance? It means you probably should have gone to Geico.com 15 minutes ago. Fez, let's head to Dallas. Cowboys need to win, laying 12 and a half against the visiting Washington Redskins, and they've got some issues. Dak Prescott's shoulder is not 100%. Tyron Smith, he's got a bad back. Demarcus Lawrence, also a bad shoulder. Sean Lee, he's got issues with his thigh and his pec. Bit of a mash unit. The good news is for the Cowboys, the Redskins are allowing 140 yards per game on the ground, and they even allowed the goofy New York Giants to score 41 points last week, a season high. We all know Dallas needs to win. They also need Philly to lose. I think Dallas takes, takes care of their end of the bargain. I think this point spread is hyperinflated. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, I agree be, with that. Because Dallas needs to win, and that's why it's gone up from 11 to 13 in some spots. And I got to tell you, Bernie, I don't trust Dak Prescott's health at all. If you watch that Eagle game, 
Dak had wide open receivers running across the field, and he couldn't hit them. I think something's seriously wrong with his shoulder, despite him not being on the injury report. How is this possible? You missed practice all week because you're injured, and then you're not on the final injury report. That tells me he's even more injured than they are letting on. And I'll say this, Washington, upgrade a quarterback Case Keenum, I have two points better than Haskins, despite Haskins having back-to-back pretty darn good games. Better quarterback for Washington. I'm going to have to take these points, I think. Wow, and that's a horrifyingly bad Washington defense. And it's funny how Dallas always plays well when there are no expectations. That game is a total pass for me. All right, let's move on to New Orleans. Another big number, but think about this, Fez. New Orleans is heading to Carolina, and the Saints are laying 13. Now, the Saints' last six games offensively get out of the way. They're scoring 36 points a game, 390 yards per game. They're converting third downs at 42%. Now, last week, they got to face the legendary Will Greer, and he was a complete disaster, right? Or no, they get, excuse me, check that. They faced Will Greer this week, and Greer was an absolute disaster. And you brought up a great point. Carolina has not been the same since their coach got fired, I actually think, and, and, you know, look, New Orleans is locked locked and loaded. Two years ago, they had the Minnesota Miracle go against them. Last year, they had the goofy pass interference. I think they are right there at the top of the list for a team that can win the Super Bowl. But I think they make a statement tomorrow. I would not be afraid to lay the 13, as crazy as that sounds, and I might do it for half a unit. Yeah, Carolina's not covered a game since the Ron Rivera firing 0-3 straight up. 0-2-1 against the spread. Against the spread margin at minus 14 points per game. Frankly, I think that Carolina may be more concerned with getting McCaffrey to 1,000 reception yards dinking and dunking to him than to trying to win this game. The only way I'm going to get involved with this game is to bet McCaffrey over reception yards in a prop bet. I was going to say, talk about that. You like that prop bet tomorrow. Yeah, he'll probably come somewhere around in the 80s, I believe. And he's got an outside shot, McCaffrey does, of setting the all-time NFL record of yards from scrimmage. He's already got well over 1,000 yards rushing. So look to see a whole lot of McCaffrey, but right around his own 30-yard line all game long. I just get a feeling New Orleans just completely poleaxes him, and I don't think I've ever laid 13 points on the road in my life. But And by the way, didn't Will Greer get sacked a bunch last week? You know, I don't have his sack numbers, but I can tell you that he, I believe he had a QBR of 9, 50 is average, and I believe it was (laughs) 9. All right, let's go to the other half of the Dallas equation, which I tease, Philadelphia, the New York Giants. We're going to spend a little bit of time on this game. By the way, if you're wondering, 70% 70% of the tickets are on Philadelphia. They're laying currently three and a half at New York. It was four and a half, but some Giants money has come in. Now let's look at some history here. Just three weeks ago, week 14, the Giants blew a 17 to 3 lead at Philadelphia. Now, here's the breaking news. Zach Hurts, Zach Ertz is out. Ribs. New York, I mean, the Philly is already a you know a patchwork offensive and defensive unit with guys on the practice squad dressing. Philly is missing five starters on defense, Fez. Now, last week, the Cowboys were just simply unable to take advantage of that patchwork secondary, but I get the feeling that Daniel Jones might tomorrow. I like New York here. It's one of the games I'm playing. I've already grabbed him, plus four and a half. Now they're three and a half. Saquon Bartley looked pretty good last week. Here's the caveat. Because the New York Giants defense is just pathetic. They're allowing 
just under 28 points a game. That ranks him 29th in the league. They're allowing opposing quarterbacks 68% completion percentage. That's 28th in the league. And they're also allowing opposing signal callers a passer rating of 102.4, good for 29th. By the way, the Giants also, they're only 2-5 and five against the spread at home this year, and they're 0-4 as an underdog. But here's a good – this is a great point that you brought up again on pre-show. How much gas does Philly have in the tank after what they've done the last three weeks with a mass unit heading into New York and laying points? Yeah, so overtime win against the Giants, really close game against Washington where they trailed with a minute to play and the all-in game against Dallas – and now you look at these injuries, oh my goodness, without Jeffrey, without Aguilar, and of course without Jackson, they rely upon Ertz, their tight end, their go-to guy. Well, with the broken rib, he's not able to play either. Who, who's left to throw the ball to? Dallas Goddard going to go for 200 yards for this team? And I tell you this, this New York Giant offense, it is looking scary right now. Now, early in the year it looked scary because it was bad, but now it's looking scary because it's potent. Barkley is finally healthy, back-to-back 100 yards. Sterling Shepard is back. A bold prediction, Giants are not just going to win this game. The Giants are going to blow out Philly tomorrow, and the Dallas Cowboys are heading to the playoffs. Yeah, you know what? I'm in, I'm in agreement. I believe New York, the, the New York Giants are going to win this game outright tomorrow. And I've grabbed the points. I don't have enough guts to bet the money line. It just lines up that way with everything we've talked about. And think about that New York offense you're talking about. They put up 41 points against the very Washington Redskins. You claim you're going to back tomorrow on the road at Dallas. And think about early in the year. You had Eli starting a lot of the time. You had Golden Tate suspended. You had all these issues with the with the receivers for the Giants. So you've got one team that's gotten healthy suddenly, and you've got another team that's gotten injured. If these two teams, the way they're constituted, had to play the entire season, at the end of the year, the Giants would be 7-9, and nine, and so would the Eagles. The Phillies have won three straight must-win games, right? I don't think they can win a fourth. And and you aptly point out, I mentioned that 17-3 lead that the Giants had three weeks ago in Philly. Philly did come back to win that game, but it took overtime. Yeah, one caveat, I absolutely love Peterson, a coach, and I love the analytics department for the Eagles. That may single-handedly save them in their game. I still think they're going to lose. Then it took a late rally the following week to come back and beat the Redskins. Yeah, and anyone who had the Redskins plus six and a half in that game, you know what? Sometimes you just take a wick as that wicked was, a beat oh. as you will ever see, and it makes you want to stop gambling, and sometimes it's just better not to watch the final. I'm sorry to bring seconds. that up, Redskins fans, because you were on the right side of that game. You literally were covering 59 minutes and 59 seconds. How that happened, it it happened. Then they, ha- they actually beat what you would consider a legitimate team, meaning the Cowboys, right? That was a very – that was the game of the year for Philadelphia – but I just feel like they emptied the tank winning last week. And I watched that whole game. Dak couldn't hit his receivers. They were wide open, and that's why the Eagles won that game. We've got a ton of stuff to get to, including our best pets. Uh, you know, we've got, we're, we're going to talk about Pittsburgh-Baltimore, okay? That's a game. And by the way, Sleepy's best bet will be a bet that he will, you know, that's a game that will feature Sleepy's best bet. I'll tell you what that bet will be in a minute. We've got the Jets-Buffalo and even though that game doesn't mean really anything, Fez, you had some really interesting points about that game that uh, you talked about before the show. We've got the uh, Pats, New England. We've got Green Bay, Detroit. We've got the Chargers, Kansas City, Arizona, and the Rams, San Francisco, and Seattle. And then 
The final game we're going to talk about, which I'm very much looking forward to talking about because I have a very strong opinion about this game, Oakland and Denver. Imagine that. After everything that's happened this year, the Oakland Raiders have a chance to make the playoffs. Will they do it? I'll tell you what I think, and that's coming up a little bit later in the show. And, oh, by the way, Fez will also have his best bet, and I'll have my best bet as well. But first... Let's go to the Iron Man who's guaranteed not to break Ben Rust, Bust, Bite the Dust, Chip, Cracker, Peel. That would be Brian Finley with the latest. Hey, what is going on, Bernie? Clemson, 29 consecutive wins, and coincidentally, it comes with a 29-23 win over Ohio State in the Fiesta Bowl on Saturday in the college football playoff semifinals. The Tigers able to hang on after the Buckeyes threw a late pick in the end zone. Clemson quarterback Trevor Lawrence found Travis Etienne on a 34-yard score with about a minute and a half or so left in this fourth quarter to, to go ahead and win this thing. Lawrence passed for 259 yards, two scores, ran for a career-high 107 yards, including that dazzling 67-yard touchdown scamper at the end of the first half. On the other side of the national championship bracket, you are going to have LSU and what a performance by Joe Burrow leading the way for the LSU Tigers. 63-28 in the Peach Bowl over Oklahoma. Burrow's seven touchdown throws, eight total in the game. Justin Jefferson on the receiving end of four of those scores. And Burrow, the Heisman Trophy winner after the game, nonchalantly oozing with confidence. Yeah, it was a lot of fun, but this was, this was expected from us. You know, we expected to be here from the jump. And, you know, we've worked so hard for this moment. We just got to finish it off. And that moment to finish it off will be on January 13th in New Orleans for the national championship game at 8 p.m. Eastern. Quickly in the NBA, the Jazz are winners of seven of their last eight games after taking down the Clippers at Staples Center on Saturday, 120-107. Clips head coach Doc Rivers said Kyle Leonard was not 100% as a couple players on the team are battling the flu. The Lakers end a four-game losing streak as they slash the Blazers 128-120. LeBron James, 21 points, 16 assists, had only one turnover. The Lakers had a season-high 72 bench points. And LeBron James, who was weathering through that groin, issue said he's going to tough it out and play on Sunday against the Mavs. One more thing to mention, online car shopping can be confusing, but not anymore with True Price from True Car. Now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car, so visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Back to Bernie Fratto and the Straight Out of Vegas crew in the Geico Fox Sports Studios. All right, thank you very much, uh, Brian, and I want to remind folks that Straight Out of Vegas is also brought to you by Discover. Want to hear something amazing? Discover matches all the cash back you earn at the end of your first year automatically. With no limit as to how much they'll match, millions of people a year are getting their cash back matched. Discover cash back match. What are you waiting for? Learn more at discover.com slash cash back match. Pitt, Baltimore. Now, this has been a fist fight in a phone booth for the better part of a decade, Fez. And no reason it won't be tomorrow, but for different reasons. Currently, and of course, games being played in Baltimore, the Ravens are currently a one-and-a-half-point favorite to the visiting Steelers. And here's the equation. Pittsburgh needs to win, and they need the Texans to beat Tennessee to make the playoffs. RG3 will start a quarterback for the Ravens. Uh, John Harbaugh will, will rest his starters. Lamar Jackson will get some much-needed rest. Uh... Mark Ingram, same situation. So you're leaving a lot of offense on the bench, but they get to face Duck Hodges, who in his last two games has not exactly put up much offense. Uh, 
has one touchdown, six interceptions, a passer rating of 41.7, only 280 yards cumulative in the last two games. Before I turn it over to you, Fez, for your thoughts on this game, Sleepy likes the Pittsburgh Steelers year. What are your thoughts? It is rare that I have a handicap in Week 17 that is predicated upon preseason football, but I have it here, Bernie. Love it. Harbaugh was 13-0 in preseason games going into this year. I just looked it up. He's 17-0. He's undefeated the last four years in preseason. What does that matter, everyone is asking? Well, clearly Harbaugh likes to win games that are meaningless. And I'll make the case that a game against the Pittsburgh Steelers, a hated rival, is a lot more meaningful than any of these preseason games that he's won 17 straight times in. I'm not going against that. I've got a coach that wants to win. i got a Steeler team that can't score. Only eight offensive touchdowns for Pittsburgh the last seven games. I like Baltimore. Great coaching job by Mike Tomlin this year. But as Pete Rose once said, coaching is like driving a stagecoach without the horses. You ain't going forward. By the way, and I'm not going to be involved in this game. It is Sleepy's best bet. He likes the Steelers. Plus one and a half. They're currently the more motivated team. Although, to your point, John Harbaugh never likes to lose in any circumstance. But I can tell you some people that I respect that are very sharp are actually on this under a 38 and a half. Simple, very simple. You got the MVP frontrunner, Lamar Jackson, sitting. And a top three touchdown scorer, Mike Ingram, who's found the end zone 15 times this year. They're both sitting out, all right? And they're going against a team with a top four defense that hasn't had a game go over since the first week in November. So, And you've got basically two third-string quarterbacks playing. So the Ravens, they're sitting guys, couple, couple of you know tough defenses. The under might be to play. I do like the under. Think about this. This has been a 17.5-point correction on this line. Baltimore be laying 15.5 at full strength. Now Pittsburgh's laying two. But the total, when these two teams played at full strength, it was 43.5. Now the total is 37.5. Only a six-point adjustment on the total. Well, RG3 alone is an eight-point downgrade to the offense. So because of that, I agree. I like the under on the total. All right, very good, Fizz. Jets-Buffalo. Buffalo laying one and a half. Now this is a game we had a lengthy discussion about in pre-show planning. Look, the Bills are locked into the number five seed no matter what happens tomorrow. The narrative I'm hearing out of Buffalo is they're very much looking ahead to the playoffs because they've had zero playoff wins since 1995. Now, I don't think Sean McDermott, head coach Sean McDermott, has any reason to play any starters tomorrow to risk injury. Meanwhile, I think the Jets would like to end on a high note. They'd win six of eight if they win tomorrow. Adam Gase would like to win on a high or in you know on a high note. And the Bills have nothing to play for. And yet Josh Allen supposedly is going to start tomorrow. I don't know how long he's going to play. Makes no sense to me. No sense to me. But I'll tell you what, if you're going to bet this game, if you bet Buffalo, I would bet short term on the Bills, meaning I'd bet the first quarter for the Bills at pick them. If you're going to bet the Jets, bet them for the full game or even better, bet the Jets in the second half. All right, New England-Miami, the Dolphins now catching 16.5. New England, their 11th straight AFC East title you know, Fez, there's been a lot of talk about their offense. I don't want to spend a lot of time on this. And by the way, did they find their running game? Did the Pounds find their running game in the last four weeks? They're averaging over 140 yards per game, 4.7 yards per carry. They're now running the ball 44% of the time. But real quickly, in 2018, the Pats were averaging 27 points a game. Now they're averaging 26. They were allowing 20. Now they're allowing 13. And by the way, their turnover differential last year at this point, plus 10, not plus 23. Might they have one more bit of magic? 
No, because Tom Brady was ranked in the top five in QBR the past five years, and he's like right around 19th currently. Sony Michelle is looking better. If you're going to bet this game, I'd bet New England first half minus nine and a half. You got a question. New England probably just hand the ball off in the fourth quarter, and this game won't be, it'll be difficult to get margin. Green Bay visits Detroit. It is a runaway number. Uh, the Green Bay defense, terrific last week. Sacked uh, Captain Kirk Cousins five times, held Minnesota to a season-low yards. And, uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers, here's an interesting narrative. This Green Bay team is you've got to keep your eye on him, all right, for the playoffs. And I'll tell you why. They're no longer as reliant on Aaron Rodgers. He didn't throw a touchdown pass against uh, the Vikings last week. They still won three times this season. Rodgers hasn't thrown a touchdown pass. The pack is 3-0. and Prior to this season, whenever Aaron Rodgers didn't throw a touchdown pass, the Pack were 4-11. By the way, Green Bay, they're 8-1 versus winning teams this year. They simply look to be more balanced. They've got a better defense. And, they, you know, they don't need Aaron Rodgers to be Superman. That's just a little narrative on the Packers. Having said that, I may be looking to the points tomorrow. We'll talk about it later. Yeah, I'll look at the points. Also, unfortunately, I don't trust Blau, and I can just see Zadarius Smith or one of the other <laughs> Smith brothers stripping him and, and taking it to the house. I'll lean Detroit only. All right, we've still got three games to get to. We've got Arizona and the Rams, San Francisco and Seattle, and again, the game I've been looking forward to talking about all night, Oakland-Denver, and we'll wrap it up with that. Plus, Fez still has his best bet. And I've still got my best bet. I'm Bernie Fratto. We're coming to you live from the Gecko Fox Sports Radio Studios. This is the pregame show you always wanted. So don't go away. You're listening to Straight Out of Vegas. Straight out of Vegas! The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Do you love Selena? Like, really love whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stan the Queen of Tejano. And stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. 
I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. You can build internal resources. That's what the study of psychology is about, building internal resources. Turning towards is one of the most important elements of successful relationships, no matter what kind of relationship it is. The thing that underpins all of this productivity stuff is finding a way to make the journey itself enjoyable. The journey is the destination. The beauty of uncertainty is infinite possibility. When you don't know what's next, you don't know what's next. And thus, anything can be next. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We are back on Straight Out of Vegas, the pregame show you always want, and I'm Bernie Fratto coming to you live. From the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios, and before I go any further, I want to thank my broadcast team back in Los Angeles. That would be Chris Perfett, Eric Roberts, and Brian Finley. Attention, Peabody people. Give these guys an award. Do a great job every week. Keeping us on the air. Keeping us glued together. Turning all the dials. And, Fez, I expect the Chiefs to turn all the dials tomorrow as they host the visiting moribund Chargers, probably about to lose their coach. Now, KC needs to win, and New England to lose to clinch a first-round bye. Probably not going to happen. Casey's likely stuck in the number three spot. Exactly. And I think Kansas State's going to win the Super Bowl this year. Here's a team that their defense just continues to improve. They've held five opponents, their last five opponents, to 17 or fewer points. Last two opponents to three points. D is playing awesome. Well, how'd Kansas City lose four games? Well, they lost three of them because Mahomes had problems with his ankle and his kneecap against Indy, Houston, and Tennessee, and they lost late in all those games. And Matt Moore lost a game, a shootout against Green Bay. Kansas City's going to the Super Bowl. A Super Bowl team can certainly pound the Chargers and win by double digits. Their defense is tremendously improved, too. So that is a factor, which we'll be talking about in coming weeks. Arizona visits the Rams. Rams were laying seven, now down to six and a half. The eight and seven Rams, that's the record. Disappointing year. They're 12 and three in the stats category, meaning they've outstatted 12 of their 15 opponents, even though they won eight of the games. Fez, an interesting trend here. Super Bowl losers who missed the playoffs the following year, just one and five against the spread in season finales. Rams land six and a half. That means you can grab the money, the Cardinals plus six and a half, but I don't think Kyler Murray is going to play. Yeah, I disagree with the line move. You nailed it. I think it's going to be Hundley playing for Arizona, and if that's the case, you've got one of the worst teams in the NFL only getting six and a half on the road against a good Rams squad. I'd only look Rams if you invest in this game. All right, a couple of games tomorrow. These may be the best two in terms of just fan perspective and, of course, playoff perspective, but not so much the first game. San Francisco is laying three at Seattle, 75% of the tickets on San Francisco, a team that's got a winning road record. They're 6-1 and one straight up this year on the road. They've got a point differential of plus 62. Your guy, Jimmy G, don't look now. He's got a passer rating of 107.3. 
Add to that, Seattle is now 27th in the league, Fez. They're one of the bottom four teams in allowing points at home. Couple that with the fact that San Francisco ranks fourth in points scored on the road, which maybe leads me to the over. We'll talk about that. And Russell Wilson and the Seahawks just don't, they don't look, they don't, they look sick to me. Russell Wilson was sacked five times last week. They've got a depleted secondary. The bottom line is this if San Francisco wins, they're a number one seed. If they lose, they can drop to number five. Yeah, and that's built into this line. I can't play over because this is against your trend. Two divisional teams playing outdoors with a higher total. I don't consider that an outdoor stadium, no. It's covered it up enough, no? No, not not covered up at all. Um, horrible weather oftentimes. They get, um, and windy, too. Bottom line is I like Seattle in this game. First seven games, that San Fran defense, it was awesome. Held every opponent to 20 points or less. Then Alexander, the middle linebacker, gets injured. Their whole D-line gets injured. The last eight games, San Fran, yeah, Jimmy G's playing great, but seven of the last eight opponents have gotten 20 or more points. That means Seattle's going to get 20 or more with their uh, with Turbin and Lynch coming back at running back. And Homer, whoever he is, they're now starting running back. I like Seattle. Do you like Seattle plus the points at home? Is this a game where you're playing the number? Sure, because the look headline was pick them, and everyone's like, "Oh, Seattle has no running backs." Yeah, but but San Francisco yeah, but, has nobody but, has nobody on the defensive line. I don't even know if Dave okay. Ford's going to play. All right, all right, fair, fair enough, fair enough. I mean, when you're signing Marshawn Lynch and Robert Turbin, look, every NFL team has what's called an emergency list. You know, Lynch and Turbin weren't even on the emergency list. I mean, what? All right, all right, fair enough. I'm not going against you. Not a game I'm going to be involved in. Now, here's a game I've been waiting for to talk about all night before we get to our best bets, Fez. Oakland visits Denver. The Broncos are laying three and a half. Let's not bury the lead. Oakland has a chance of making the playoffs. Now, before I said I'm going to say, I give top credit to John Gruden and the Raiders this year. He's done a magnificent job. Hard knocks, no Antonio Brown, probably no Josh Jacobs tomorrow, no Vontez Burfecht. Look, no Otis Sistrunk. This is a team that's kept it glued together. They play hard, and they find themselves in a situation tomorrow where if they win, the Raiders win, Baltimore beats Pittsburgh, the Texans beat Tennessee, the Colts defeat Jacksonville, and one of the just one of the following happens. Oh, don't read them. It's going to happen. New England okay. needs to win. That's all you need to say. Fair or, enough. Yeah. But here's where I throw the flag. And sorry, Raiders fans, I'm not a Raider hater. Raiders are going to lose tomorrow. Sorry, they're going to lose. This is a team. What did I say two weeks ago, three weeks ago, Fez, when I gave the Jets as my best bet? They were catching three at home against the Raiders. I invoked the Pythagorean theory. At that point, the Raiders were minus 47 in point differential. They went into New York and got smoked. Now they're minus 105. That doesn't equate against a Vic Fangio defense. And Drew Locke is finding his oats. Sorry, I just got to call him as I see him. I see the Raiders losing tomorrow. And Drew Locke's overall stats, well, he had one bad game. It was in a snowstorm in Kansas City, and I just told you about how good the KC defense is. I'm going to give him a pass on his one bad game. All right, Fizz, give your best bet for Week 17. All right, let's go back to the New York Giants. I believe the Giants are going to beat the Eagles, so I'm not going to take the three and a half points. I'm going to take the Giants on the money line plus 170. Got a Giants team that is much healthier. Saquon Barkley is running and playing very well, as is Shepard. And frankly, 
all of the playmakers for the Eagles are injured. I don't understand. Well, I understand this line because it's a must win for Philly, but must win doesn't mean they will win because the Giants are going to win. Take them on the money line plus 170. And here's the irony. Yes, it is a must win, but Philly opened up minus four and a half. Now it's down to Philly minus three and a half. Why? Let's face it. Philly's missing five starters. No Zach Ertz. And yes, the New York Giants defense is pathetic, but they found their offense. And I think they take advantage of that tomorrow against Philly, even though Dallas could last week. You mentioned before the show, Saquon Barkley and the whole Mishbuka, they're going to get it done tomorrow. I'm with you. All right. You got to hold your nose on this game. And for those who know me and have known me a long time, you're saying, Bernie, are you really being serious? Yes, I'm being serious. I'm actually going to take the Lions plus 12 and a half tomorrow as my best bet. Now, why do I say this? I think the line is heavily overinflated. As you pointed out, He's probably, Stafford's probably worth eight points. So that would make Green Bay minus four and a half on the road. Where Stafford was playing, they were only minus four at home a few weeks back. I think Green Bay really emptied the tank last week, Monday night, against Minnesota. And while I do think they win tomorrow between seven and ten points, they're not going to cover the 12 and a half. All right, take the lines. That's going to do it for this week's edition of Straight Out of Vegas. I'm Bernie Fratto. He's Steve Fezzik. Next up. Jason Martin, he brings it from Nashville. It's the Jason Martin Show. Right out of Vegas! I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at first, first listen. listen. This season... We're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge Podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here and this season takes it to a whole new level old school legends modern power players and ex-lovers are all competing in cape town south africa for the prize of three hundred thousand dollars and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast listen to mtv's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleha Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts.